Hi, it's Claire here. Just before we begin this episode, I just wanted to give a special shout out to Hazel. Thanks so much for graciously speaking with me um, for this podcast. I know it's not the easiest or the most comfortable. I think when you're doing an interview or having this uh, recorded conversation with their friends, it, it does feel a little rigid. You know, there's the, oh, no, we're being recorded, but there's also, oh, right, we're we're friends. Um, where's the, the balance here? But I felt like our conversation went really well. And as Hazel put it, it's really nice to have a record of a conversation we had when we we're younger, you know, something for us to look back on years later. So yeah, thanks so much, Hazel. And we hope that you enjoy this episode. Can you introduce yourself? Uh, sure, I'm Hazel. I'm your friend, as you know. <laughs> I've known Claire for a long time. Um, I'm from London. I live in Korea, in South Korea, in a city called Cheongju, and I work as an English teacher here. I'm also studying online at the University of Sheffield. Um, yeah, I think that's about all right. Yeah, that was great. Um, so you've spent a lot of time in Korea and various other places, which I think is really uh, interesting. So um, hmm, I don't even know where to start. Can you talk about how you got to Korea in the first place? Mm, when I first, well, just before I first, but when I was graduating university, I did look into the JET program in Japan. I ended up not even going for an interview or anything because I couldn't afford the airfare. Um, but when, because I think they take a year to refund you. And then I let that mm-hmm. idea of being an English teacher abroad go out of the window for a while. And then like several years later, I was just looking for a change. And I was originally looking at China and Japan. And then one day I was just looking online and something about Korea came up and I ended up going on the Facebook page of some agency and I found that a friend's friend, sorry, my friend had liked the page. And then um, I said to my friend, why did you like that? Like, what, what's that got to do with you? And she told me yeah. her friend had gone through that agency. And so she put us in touch and I asked them about it and they had a really good experience. And I never knew hardly anything about Korea before that. And when I started looking into it, Korea is a lot smaller than China, for example. It seemed a lot less mm. intimidating and it seemed like it had beaches, mountains, cities. It had a bit of everything in quite a small yeah. country. And like the setup to go to Korea is a lot more manageable for someone who doesn't have a lot of money. Because from what I could tell, if you go to Japan, it takes a year to get the airfare back. But with Korea, they'll refund the airfare quite quickly and um, mm-hmm. they organize you a place to stay. This is with an academy, an after-school academy. They organize you a place to stay as part of the arrangement. And like financially, I could do it. And it also seemed like um, an attractive place to go. And also I had, I knew someone who knew someone who used that agency, which was really important to me because I was really scared to go to the yeah. other side of the world and end up in some sort of situation where I couldn't get out of some sort of problem situation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely. kind of intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's a brand new country. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I ended up there. 
Well, I know you said it helped that you knew someone who knew someone that mm, was yeah. already there. But what do you think gave you the push to go to Korea? And then from there, what do you think gave you the push to go to other countries? Mm, well, I was working, I graduated in 2006. And then I was working in London in two, until 2011. For the last three of those years, I was working in social research and I really liked my job, actually. It was really interesting. Um, but I just wanted a change and I wanted to experience living in another country. While I was young, I originally thought it was just going to be a year and then go home again. And I wanted to have that experience. And I didn't realize I'd end up here for so long. <laughs> and so I just I just wanted to live somewhere where the culture was really different, where it would be an interesting experience. And I'd always liked kind of the idea of teaching, like I'd done some kind of voluntary work related to teaching in the past and yeah. it was something I always wanted to try out but didn't want to completely commit to like by studying for it in the UK without really experiencing it mm-hmm. um so I guess I was getting a bit not tired of life in London I just wanted a change and then when the idea of Korea came up it just seemed perfect I was like oh this is perfect <laughs> and so I yeah came to Korea and then actually quite a long I went I went to Bangladesh for one year in sorry for six months in 2016 and I originally applied for that it was like a voluntary position teaching English in a university and I originally applied a long time before I went I applied and they took too long to get back to me and then I got Mm -hmm. offered a university job in Korea so I just went for that instead of waiting for them to get back to me and then Mm -hmm. several years later they said we've got a new voluntary program and we're looking for people are you still interested and um, then I was like, oh, okay, sure, I'll I'll apply again. And then I ended up going there. And then after six months, I went home for a while. And then I decided to come back to Korea because my now husband is here. So <laughs> that was what happened. Mm. Yeah, what a story. <laughs> um, <laughs> what What's it been like to maintain contact with like your friends in London and well, I guess the UK and just a family while living abroad it's not too bad the time zone is probably the main issue um it's difficult to (laughs) call my dad these days my dad has he didn't really mean to do this but he blocked spam numbers and I call his landline through Skype and so he's blocked me and it's (laughs) taking a long time to fix so I haven't spoken to my dad on the phone for a long time he doesn't have a like I can't call him on the mobile for various reasons anyway so I'm only in contact with my dad by email I haven't spoken to him on the phone quite a long time so that's its own issue but um I keep in touch with my brother my sister my brother's wife through Facebook messenger and most of my other UK friends through whatsapp you through cacao talk and um but it's like you know how there's certain friends that you just don't really keep in touch with but when you see them it's like you never were away like I do have some Mm -hmm. friends like that and um, I have other friends, certain friends that I do talk to on the phone fairly often. And I have, yeah, yeah. I think it's the same as if someone lived in another city in the UK. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. some people you just have a habit of talking to more. And some people it's just more like when you next see them, you have a really nice time. And it's like you were never away. But yeah, I have noticed over the years that certain um I have slowly, slowly stopped staying in touch with certain people. But then every now and again, I'll go back and I will meet up with someone from like I haven't seen since five years ago or something like I had last time I was home um I had mm-hmm. a, one of the last times I was home I had a little reunion with my 
ex-co-workers from my last company in the UK. And that was so nice. Uh, only two two people made it, three including me. But it was really nice and I hadn't seen them <laughs> yeah, in years. Nice. I hadn't seen them in years. So that does often happen. And obviously I have friends at home, like my university friends that I stay most in touch with. They stay in touch with the others. So sometimes I see the others through them when I'm home. So mm. it's it's not been too bad. Like I miss like friends and family a lot but I feel like I'm in touch enough obviously more would be better but it's not too bad it's not too bad and sometimes I write letters <laughs> so I write letters <laughs> to you you write letters yeah. to me. Some, sometimes and yeah oh did you get my letters by the way <laughs> um I'll check um I'll go to university sometime this coming week I'll check <laughs> because okay. um I don't go in that often at the moment some teaching um, online on a trivial um side effect I don't know what the right word <laughs> is about keeping in touch because you know like after I left Korea I'm still in touch with people obviously like you but then I'll send letters and I remember one time I sent a letter to a friend I already told you about this because I think I put it on Facebook and she was living in China at the time and her letter got missent to Taipei and what really oh. impressed me was they have a special stamp that says Miss Sent to Taipei. It's like, is this a thing that happens uh, often where you have a rubber I stamp? I had a similar experience. My, <sighs> I sent, no, my auntie sent me something. And when I got it, it had a stamp on that said Miss Sent to Sri Lanka instead of South what? Korea. Mm. They have those stamps already, yeah. like, ready to go. <laughs> I guess what? so. I guess that so. That is really funny. But, yeah, I mean... I will say, I, I don't know about you, but I definitely think the Korean post service is so cheap and so yeah. good. I love the post offices here. You can go there and they have the boxes. They're so cheap. Oh. They have all the sellotape. They have I know. everything for free. For free. And <laughs> um, the postage is really, really reasonable. Um, and yeah, I like to buy like snacks and stationery and socks and like cosmetics and stuff and send them to my friends or letters or cards. Like I, I use the postal service a lot here in the uk it's quite expensive isn't it um yeah. so we'll do it though um, <laughs> yeah so i think at home i still sent letters sometimes probably to like family in scotland i would have i would imagine mm, yeah but no I, I i i send a lot of stuff in the post still from korea yeah and like for me it's something that i i didn't expect that i would do quite often but i guess it must be something to do with when you first move. It's like, oh, I want to share all these mm. little trinkets. Like you've been in Korea for a while, mm -hmm. and like, I mean, I, you know, you you are like pretty settled. Like you, you have mm -hmm. a, I'm um, a job. Um, you have a place to stay. You have activities mm -hmm. that you're occupying your time with. You are married. Um, but. Like, but you've never, I don't think you've ever said like you feel entirely at home in Korea. So what do you think makes someone like at home? I honestly think actually, like when you're saying it like that, I'm always, I never know when am I going to leave Korea? I always feel like I'm going to leave at some point. So, and I don't know when that's going to be. So I can't feel settled. Like mm -hmm. I've never felt comfortable here to be like, partly because I really don't like my apartment now we I'm not going to go into this for this podcast but <laughs> we have some issues with our apartment and it's horrible when we can't leave um, but so I don't want to invest time or money making this place look nice and in the past I've always been like oh when am I going to leave when am I going to leave so I've never spent yeah I've never never bothered to spend time and effort making an apartment nice 
which would make me feel more at home I think and um who knows though I could end up here for a really long time um forever who knows so Mm. but I guess I always feel at home when I'm at home home like in the houses of my family members for example in Mm. in the UK and I mean I feel at home in my house I feel very (laughs) relaxed but I just I don't like my house so (laughs) um yeah so it's a bit difficult it would be nice I'd really like to feel settled like when I was a kid I was always moving around and around and around and I thought I'd never really like to be in one place but sometimes I do envy people who have like lived in the same house their entire life or the same area like definitely has its benefits so yeah yeah. I know what you mean I've like visited friends um parents places and they'll go show me their childhood bedroom like wow it's nice to come home to permanence and like stability though I used to not think that was really cool when I was younger Mm. but I I know what you mean there's just something about it um what do you think people assume about living abroad by the way some people think it's so exciting like I remember (laughs) not that long ago I was at home and people were talking about buying houses and stuff right and I was like oh my god I am not even anywhere near that and they were like it's okay you're living a really exciting life on the other side of the world don't worry I was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) so like I've definitely had those kind of comments um other people um think I'm so brave (laughs) oh you are though you can travel quite a bit and then other people think it's interesting um people normally have people normally seem to have positive opinions about it and then other people will be like don't you miss home don't you miss your family don't you miss your friends um but people are people generally think oh it's very exciting I guess (laughs) yeah I think they only see the exciting stuff though because like I I guess um hmm so like I'm I guess technically like I'm settled though I don't really feel Mm -hmm. settled and you know like when I file taxes it's so annoying and like voting and there all these like tiny things come up where I don't know the answers to and I have to seek out answers and it's because I'm like living abroad and I'm sure like you know in Korea it's like I mean like like in any country there's like pros and cons but we just talked about online (laughs) banking it's like it's great that there's security but it's so complicated um, yeah I just didn't realize yeah yeah, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> like my online banking with my UK bank is so much easier um, doing it from here in Korea. Do you know, I even get text messages in Korean telling me when my UK bank account is running low with money. What? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? I don't Wait, know how that how? happens. I have absolutely no idea, but it started happening within the last few months. And I was really grateful because I, I didn't realize I needed to put some money in it. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah so that was that was really impressive but yeah with my korean online banking i put the wrong password in maybe twice and now my oh, certificate's lockdown. been deleted and i yeah. can look at my stuff but i can't transfer anymore and i don't want to go to the bank um i'm yeah. sure it's very easy to deal with in korean online but my korean's pretty bad at the moment so things i, like I think it's a bit difficult yeah well i think um sorry you just remind me of story. i was gonna say something else but you reminded me of a story like I thought I lost my bank card when I was in Korea. Turns out it was underneath my bed, whatever. So I called them frantically. And for some reason, like when I'm really frustrated, like my Korean comes out all jumbled. But luckily the Mm. guy on the phone understood. And it came the next day. And 
I don't think it would happen. I don't think this would happen in like definitely not the US. Maybe in the UK, depending on what. No, I, I've heard. Yeah, I've had experiences. All of my experiences in Korea have been: I go to the bank and they make my card right there and then, and then give. Oh, it to really? Me. I've never had that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I wow. was really impressed. I Wait, was really impressed. Like the down. Yeah, no, it is impressive. But the downside is that I literally found my bank card uh, the minute yeah. I hung up. Like, no, they already cancelled it. Ah, I know. Um, and there's whenever I've I've lost my I lost my wallet quite recently, and I was really stressed. And everyone was like, "Don't worry, don't worry." And I, I think I cancelled mine as well, or I tried really hard to cancel it, yeah. and it was there in the place. But the thing is, in Korea, it seems like it's quite an unusual story if someone steals your card and then starts using it, yeah, or something bad happens. They normally get returned, or like I haven't really heard a story of someone's card being stolen and used badly. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, me too. Like, and I. Yeah, and I've left phones on the bus. I've left cameras on the bus. Oh, and you did? Got, I've always got them back. Yeah. Wait, what? That's so scary. I left a, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you just reminded me of something. Sorry, this is slightly off topic, but as I remember, like when I, I don't know, I guess like when I was growing up, like we were kind of socially conditioned to think that um, what is attaining stability it's you know you get married you typically get a house and a car but I just think that's really unfair to say right now because just because you're renting a house in a different country doesn't mean that or or even bought renting buying whatever house condo whatever it is or you're single or you're married dating whatever it is like it doesn't necessarily guarantee stability like what do you think about that I know. I would. I feel like you're more settled than me. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because your husband is from the country you're in. Like I feel like me and my mm. husband, even though he's half Korean, like he doesn't hold the nationality, the passport. Yeah. Neither of us are from this country, so maybe mm. that makes me feel less settled. I don't know. And we don't speak the language well. Neither of us. So yeah, I think that would may, make a maybe that makes a difference and. Sometimes we just don't understand how things works, like th- things work like legally and whatnot. Oh um, gosh, yeah. But yeah, but both of us, like for example, in my work, I have to apply for my job again this winter. Every what? three years, I have to reapply for my job, so that doesn't really help. And yeah, mm. my husband. I keep saying my husband. You know his name. <laughs> I mean, it sounds a bit weird. I've n- I, I've never actually heard you refer to my him husband, as my husband. So I'm like, Whoa. anyway, his work's not, so not like super. I know his work's not like super stable either. So, I mean, he has a car. <laughs> I don't know. Out of all oh. those things, he has a car. <laughs> I don't know, but oh, yeah. I I don't feel settled, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that makes a difference. I mean, car obviously helps quite a bit because you're yeah. mobile and you have control. Yeah. Um, but it, it's what you said. I think the language, oh gosh, yeah, that makes such a massive difference. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I guess it does help um, that like Peter is here because there's some regulations that I wasn't... I feel like I'm still... Well, actually, to be honest, sorry, I said this multiple times, but I I don't think I truly started understanding, like, UK life until, like, I started working in Sheffield. Mm -hmm. 
before I was just a student and I was like, why do you not? Right. Yeah, I think working in a yeah, working in a country is the whole other thing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, what about you though? So when do you well you went to Korea and you started working, but do you feel like you really started learning when you started working at a university or the thing is like as a foreigner, like I think you're treated completely differently, like in the workplace. Um mm-hmm. Like, for example, when I first came here, I was working in an academy. And when the foreign teachers had breaks, we could go home. We could go to the gym. We could go to the shops. The oh, green teachers nice. had to stay right there and were not allowed to go anywhere. Um, which is not really fair. <laughs> so, oh, wait. Like, I thought foreign teachers could go out and do stuff. No? No, we could go out and do stuff. The Korean teachers couldn't. Oh, so okay. Oh, wow. From the beginning, like, we were treated differently. And if some drama had happened, there was some notice that we needed to be told sometimes they just wouldn't send the message to the foreign teachers they'd just assume it would get to us somehow and um it would get to us really late and like there was a lot of um either non-communication or late communication I mean and sometimes it was like good sometimes it just meant we were left out of dramas completely or sometimes it meant maybe we'd end up getting in trouble because we didn't follow some new rule or like so that that was in the first place I worked and then in universities like it has made a difference in my current job my boss is Korean and Mm. in my previous two jobs my boss was a foreigner they were a foreign ESL teacher Mm. and it meant that information I think they just understood how foreign teachers are sometimes excluded from like information chains yeah like I don't think it's necessarily intentional it's just it's just the way it seems to happen and so we'd be informed properly and just feel a bit more like we knew what was going on in my current job mm, kind of but uh it's better than the academy but um like again I feel like yeah foreign teachers we're just in a our own category of thing like for example sometimes I'll go to classes and no one is there (laughs) no students are there (laughs) and I'm like uh, where are they? <laughs> and I feel like maybe if I was a Korean teacher, I would have been informed that they had some sort of event. So I have to always say to students at the beginning of the semester, like some messages do not get to me. Please, please tell me. So I know like not to come uh-huh. or I know to expect. I, I can't even remember what the question was now. Sorry. But um, what was the question? Oh, oh, yeah. Working in a place. So, yeah, working in Korea, you can kind of understand things a bit better. But I think I get to actually avoid a lot of the maybe difficult things to deal with, like the whole high. Korea is quite a hierarchical country, right? Like, yeah. especially in workplaces, um, you have to respect specific hierarchy rules and stuff, unsaid mm-hmm. rules. But I think foreigners are just left out of it. We don't have to participate in that, which makes our lives a lot easier, yeah, um, which is maybe yeah it's not so fair for Koreans they all have to like when I've had um, Korean co-workers or even like Korean co-workers who were born overseas they often have to deal with this hierarchical stuff and it sometimes is quite difficult for them from what I've heard from co-workers mm-hmm. before but I don't I don't have to deal with that at all so yeah. I feel like I have never experienced what it really means to work in Korea like as Korean people experience it, I, I have no idea. I have had a very different experience to Korean people, I think. Yeah, I, I think, think foreigners either. foreigners have a lot easier time, don't you think, in the workplace yeah. in Korea? 
Yeah, I agree. Like we, yeah. We're not expected to follow a whole bunch of rules. Like they just know that we're not necessarily going to understand or we don't have the same culture. So we kind of just get excused from certain things that are quite hard to deal with, I think. Mm. Well, hold on. First off, you know how you asked your students to text you if because you don't get mm. certain messages? Like, do they actually keep you posted or...? When I ask them to do that, they do. They'll normally tell oh, me in okay. class, oh, we have some event next class. And they oh, do tell okay. me when I ask them to. If I don't ask them to, they probably won't tell me. But um, <laughs> when I when I tell them about my past experience, yeah. I think they uh, feel bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they don't good. tell me, right? <laughs> so, yeah, no, they're quite good to tell me. Uh, what you said, actually, okay, remind me of two things. So, number one. Um, yeah, I guess like I did kind of get a free, not like free pass. Like I, obviously it is a workplace. You have to do the work, but, um, for example, like I would keep getting those wedding invitations and not to be disrespectful, but it's like, uh. cause we, th- this is a whole nother topic. I don't know if we can get into it, but like weddings are <laughs> like, like, for example, like I invited Everyone's you. Everyone's invited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't have the same. Well, I think like it could have the same meaning as, oh, you're my friends and um, you're my loved one or whatever. I want you here. Mm-hmm. But it also has a connotation of like it is like a group thing. The more the merrier. Also, that whole like payment thing. But mm-hmm. uh, so like I, I wouldn't really go. And I think they were kind of like, eh, OK, she, she's like foreign. It's fine. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> then at the same time, I don't know if you remember Ale was saying like, um, when he first got to Korea and he met Korean guys, they would be like, oh, hey, man, what's up? Or like talk to him in a very casual way. And then he'd like mm. respond back in Korean and be like, yo, I'm older than you. Use the mm. correct tone. I think mm. treatment of foreign people sometimes. Uh, I see what you mean. You know, it's funny. Yeah, sometimes people use really formal Korean with me and sometimes the complete opposite. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but then you can be funny. like, I know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've had people use like kind of student age people, like university student age people use super formal Korean with me. And I was like, what are they doing? Why are they? And like, I guess it's very nice and polite of them. But I was quite confused while they were going to town with their like formal, formal Korean. <laughs> I was like, what? Because my Korean's not that good, unfortunately. It used to be better. Um but I struggle with the most formal way of speaking. Mm. Like, I don't understand it that well. So I prefer if people use just the plain formal way. Um, mm. Oh, then yeah. I can understand it better. If it's the super formal way, I didn't learn it properly. So I can't do, use it you, or replon- re- respond to it very well. Mm. Wait, do you mean like, um, I don't know, I can't think, like, like, you know how when they say like hello like formal is annyeonghaseyo but then the super formal is like isn't it like annyeonghaseyo or something yeah that's the level i have issues with like me i can't too. understand it as quickly <laughs> it sounds like really rigid to me and it's very long <laughs> yeah. yeah just say what you mean um so what do you think so you wrote in your article like, oh, yeah, some people. And mm-hmm. I don't think this is just specific to Korea, by the way. I think some people say like, oh, I've been here a year. I know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people say that often about many countries. But you said mm-hmm. like, no, I learn new things every day. What do you think the difference is being a tourist and really living in a country? 
Um, I guess if you're a tourist, well, you run around all over the place. It depends what kind of tourist you are, <laughs> but you run around all over the place and go to like highlights or even not necessarily highlights, like a nice area or interesting area and walk around a lot and stuff. Yeah. And when you live somewhere, you spend more time in places like supermarkets. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. or just um, local parks <laughs> or like, it's more like normal life, isn't it? Like you see normal life, which is which is nice like both yeah. both ways are nice being a tourist and living somewhere and um living somewhere is nice because the longer I live here the better host I am when friends come to visit oh, I think yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to not be so good now I'm a pro so <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of people like with Korea just assume it's just all about like k-pop and stuff and um, um barbecue oh yeah yeah barbecue you know it's it's going to be really weird next time i go because we're vegetarian now so oh, but gosh. i have seen a lot of vegan articles though about new places that are popping up i don't know how true it is hi but... um loteria has a vegetarian burger oh wait Did like you a meat substitute Pro- probably um some sort of meat substitute my friend said it was good mm. i haven't tried it myself mm. it's really that's getting... quite a big deal Oh, actually, that's a good point. I feel like because mm, I feel like Korea is very like it's really on it with the trends. Mm-hmm. Like, um, if one place like Dalgona Coffee, for example, like one place, yeah, started, Paris now, Baguette have... has started selling it finally. Uh, <sighs> yeah, but now it's everywhere. And then you said that there was like, I sorry, I didn't finish listening to all your voice notes, but there was like Dalgona, like ice cream. Now it's like, whoa, okay, you're oh, yeah. really. Baskin-Robbins has Dalgona ice cream but the funny thing is with Dalgona coffee it's not widely sold in the cafes it's not as far as I can tell I haven't seen it on the menus in cafes Paris Baguette which is like a mainstream bakery in Korea for those of you I know you know Paris Baguette you've probably been in about 100 Um, but they've only I think this week started selling it but for example like Starbucks, Adia, uh, Hollies, all of these, I'm pretty sure they haven't been selling it and aren't selling it. So maybe it's just like an internet sensation, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking to my parents, um, mm-hmm. and obviously, like with my parents, like their views of Korea are also a bit unique lately because they yeah. like grew up in the older generation, Korea moved and came back. And then with you, yeah. um, because you're, you're not a tourist, like you've lived for Korea a long time. And then, like, maybe. Yeah like new friends who've like visited Korea in and out it's like the levels of like perspective in Korea is just so interesting like you know we we talk about like trends and oh I mentioned this in my voice note um so we talk about different trends and you asked me like what newspapers would be relevant to like read and Mm. we complain like our complaints are more considerate right like we complain about like food or like whatever mm-hmm. but then yeah. like people that are visiting it's it's always like what's wrong with the weather <laughs> like i don't understand this like have the to weather's give it time <laughs> the weather's quite hard going here that would be another complaint i would have in the summer it's too humid yeah but you you like lived there for a time so I you're legitimate in complaining <laughs> still struggle with the summer here <laughs> Because I, I feel like I like I do complain about the weather here, but like right now it's it's raining and I really appreciate it because it was <laughs> so hot. Um, but I feel like I can kind of say that because I've 
not forever, but I've lived here and I know like when the seasons change and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I just thought it was interesting. And so do you have I just wanted to like talk to you because I I know we mainly talked about Korea, although um, I could have easily talked about other topics with you too, and like we'll have to do like a follow up. But do you have mm-hmm. anything you want to share, like regarding living abroad? Um, <laughs> it's so general. I don't think I don't think this was in the original question list, was it? I haven't thought about this. No, it was, um, it was called. It was <laughs> anything else that section? Um, like do your research and. For example, you want to be an English teacher, make sure you go through a legitimate agency. Do your best to do good research to make sure you you go with a legitimate agency. Because I used to know a girl here, for example, who didn't get paid for several months and <gasps> she ended what? up leaving. And yeah, like there are dodgy employers in every country in the world. So yeah. you just have to be really careful. Do your best mm-hmm. to be careful. You originally went through the EPIC program, right, which is like the public school scheme. And I would imagine that's quite a secure way to go through it. That's like a government program. Like, just do your best to, yeah, take good care when you move abroad. Don't just go for some dodgy random agency without doing your research. (laughs) That would be probably the main thing. And um, what else? Um, I wish I could speak better Korean. Like, I think I just started with really bad resources and it took me a really long time to find resources that worked for me and then I just needed a break <laughs> and so I've been taking quite a long break and I'm gonna start studying again in July I have a fixed date when I'm gonna start studying again <laughs> oh, but so um cool. I feel like if I'd started with good resources and maybe had an online teacher or something right from the beginning I'd be a lot better now um like maybe if that's something that's important to you try and get good resources and get into that from an early point like take the time to find resources that work for you and get an online teacher um and for example if you do come to Korea it can be quite difficult to learn the language because people will often reply in English to you or they want to practice their English and it it can be quite a challenge to find for example a language exchange partner that will really split the time with you and even the classes I've attended in Korea the teacher's been talking the entire time not always not always but I went to a government program class and it was like six hours every Sunday and the teacher just spoke the entire time and none of the students had the chance to speak it was intense and maybe my listening skills improved but if you come to Korea it's hard to practice speaking so just make some effort to get an online teacher or something um to improve your language because I feel like the better my, my I've gone through phases where my Korean has been better and worse. And when my Korean is better, it it really helps. I have a much better time. I have a much better experience <laughs> here when my yeah. Korean is at a better level because I can communicate with people better. Mm. I can travel more easily in the rural areas, for example. Korea is a very easy country to manage in the cities as a foreigner if you don't understand uh, Korean. But when mm. you get into rural areas, not so much. <laughs> so... <laughs> um so yeah I think they would be my two things off the top of my head (laughs) Um, that's really good advice um I was just gonna add actually um I think a lot of people don't see like the gems of Korea because you and I we literally went to the rural areas and the islands and remember how I couldn't understand the um we went to uh 
yes, um, yes. Yeah, and then I couldn't understand the lady's accent because she had a very like island twang. Oh, and yeah. but you just make it work, right? Like it just happens. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I, I was just thinking just now before I talked to you, I felt a little guilty because there was and it only happened. I'm not saying like people aren't normally nice, but it only happens when I was like with you or one of like my other like um, uh, obviously foreign friends. You know where yeah. I'm going with this. We met this yeah, man yeah. and he was like, oh, yo, do you want snacks? Do you want snacks? And I felt really yeah. uncomfortable. And you just popped down because you were used to it. And we ate yeah, with him. Yeah, very used to Guilty. <laughs> he was like, the next day I'll like show you. And then I was like, I don't really want to go. And then we went back to that bridge and other people were telling us, oh, yeah, there was a man that was waiting for like um, oh two gosh. people that you guys. And I lied and said no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I feel really guilty about that, but everyone's just too nice. Yeah, I ended up, yeah, if I think about it, I feel a bit rude just like accepting snacks and stuff. But like, I've seen how happy people have been when they try and offer me stuff. And then normally I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. And then when you finally accept it, they're like, oh, they're like, like they feel really happy. And so I, these days I'm just like, oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> so, Actually, can I tell you, I don't know if I told you this. Um, I Okay, so last time Peter and I were there. I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was last year. I don't remember if it was a year before, but Peter and I were on the KTX and just chatting and all of a sudden a hand pops through the the um the seat gap and um basically this girl off offered Peter some like candy. Just no words. Just offered so funny. candy. And so Peter's like, what? Because we were in mid-conversation. He was just stunned. And I was like, I asked her like uh, hello and she was like I just hear some candy so and then she like went back to listening to her music and so he like ate it because he was so shocked and then this is what's so messed up the cynical side of me was like oh, what if it's poison oh, oh. I mean it was fine oh. I saw the bag of candy he was eating from but how messed up is that that I couldn't just accept that it was like a nice gesture that's Ugh. what's happened though when I've had friends visit and something like that happens they freak out and I'm like no no it's okay it's yeah. Korea <laughs> I mean, who knows, maybe one day it could happen, but um, right. like, for example, a friend came to visit and someone offered in Seoul to take our photo and send it to us by email. And she was like, oh, my God, no. And I was like, <laughs> look, th this person, they have a really fancy camera. They can take a really nice picture and don't worry. And that person, they did they did what they said. Like, Was it a nice photo? Not that great, but like, <laughs> the, thought, the thought was there. And like, I, I, I just knew, well, I hope. <laughs> like I got the impression that they were just honestly trying to take a nice picture for us and again we went to I went to Gyeongbokgong with my sister and her friends and when we were at the palace some old man wanted to start talking to us about his paintings right and of course like their experience of being a tourist in wherever is that people want to sell stuff right so yeah. they got really like anxious straight away not anxious but they were trying not to be too friendly or whatever because yeah. they didn't they didn't want to buy anything right? Right, right, um, right but the man he just wanted to show them and talk about it and then that was that and then they were like oh yeah I know it's so off it's, it's weird though yeah and another similar story is I went on one of those free walking tours when a friend visited and yeah. you know in any other country they give some spiel at the end about donating money right mm. this guy just ran off didn't even what? give us a chance to give him any money like you know it was just like Sometimes things go a bit opposite here than to, to what you expect from yeah. tourism in other countries. That's it's funny. Um, and so I, I guess like 
just to I don't know, we'll have to do this again because like you reminded me of a lot of like points that mm. I didn't even think of until like we started talking. <laughs> but for now, for now, like we'll we'll end it here. Um unless okay. you have anything else to add. Not off the top of my head. No. Okay. Oh, I actually no, I wanted to ask you. I, I sent your voice note about this, but um are there any books that you've been reading that you like want to like share? Oh, I just re- finished a book. <laughs> just any books. Um, yeah, why not? Oh, by yeah, the way, this is kind of um. So originally, I was going to put this in, um, like with our season two called Spaces, yeah. but then, uh-huh. um, the episodes that are out, it's just like a bit old because we recorded last year, and I was so busy I could only edit them until now. So your mm. podcast your episode will be in like the quarantine season so I'm um, okay. currently it's like my conversation with Amy about like drones and disability justice like my reflection um Sarah and Sabrina's reflections and this one will be like conversations with friends but then yours will oh, have okay. like a, another twist to it because we talked about quite a bit of topics but yeah um just to end because I always ask um guests in front of the podcast like how do you relax or like what books or films mm. or whatever so yeah like okay. for you books have you read recently um that made you think i just finished this weekend a book called swami and friends by rk narayan and i love him he's um he's not alive anymore like the book swami and friends was well i don't know how you would say it It was put out in 1935 so it was really old right Mm -hmm. and it's just about some boys and he made up this town in india and it's supposed to be kind of based a bit on his real life um about just some boys growing up in india before independence like the independence movement is coming and um it was a really nice book and i i really really like him and i also recently borrowed a book from hampshire libraries on audiobook <laughs> I recently, maybe i shouldn't do that but i did pay a lot of taxes uh, when i used to work there so maybe i'm allowed it's okay yeah. in case anyone's gonna get angry with me but anyway no one else was it wasn't on the what do you call it no one else was on the list to take it so anyway (laughs) I listened to an audiobook by um an author called Johnny Pitts from Sheffield um, called Afropean and it was really 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 good like the author he narrates the book himself and it's about his experience his dad is african-american and african-american singer and his mum is um white from sheffield and so he's grown up with yeah this kind of mix of cultures and um it's about a bit about his experience growing up in sheffield but mainly his experience he goes backpacking around europe to sweden france germany russia portugal and just explores like the experience of different African communities or black communities in these different countries and explores like colonialism, like the issues of colonialism related to each of these different countries. So there's a lot of like history in there. It's a very well-researched book and he talks about, Mm. yeah, all this history. And also he, he meets a lot of different people and he talks about the people he meets and the stories they tell. And it is very, very interesting. I thought it was great. And, um, anything else, um, (laughs) <laughs> on a completely like lighter <laughs> note i've read rich people problems oh, yeah crazy rich asian <laughs> trilogy so i finally yeah. finished that trilogy which i enjoyed a lot that author's very very funny i like him a lot oh, he's hol- kevin kwan's hilarious yes um, yeah. yeah and so i'm currently deciding what book to read next um 
so I haven't decided yet. Well, first off, I think, yeah, you, those two books, the first two books you mentioned are on mm. my list. And I think mm. it's always important to, um, like, obviously, like, keep educated and expand our, like, circles by reading different types of books. Mm. But I also think it's nice to get a little fun break and <laughs> read yeah. books like Rich, <laughs> Rich People, People Problems. Problems. Yeah, I can't wait to watch the, the second movie in the sequel. I mean, oh, who knows? Oh, a second movie? Oh yeah, yeah, they are. I didn't know that. That's um, good news. Yeah, no, it's excellent news. But because of everything that's going on, who knows when um, it'll be in production or filming oh. in production? But something to look forward to. I actually watched that movie for the third time the other. I don't know. It's just so like easy to watch, and it's it's like a mm. nice break for the mind, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so thanks for being on this. Um, yeah, thank you for having me. 